Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John as we talk about the role of the liturgical calendar in our worship planning, and we discuss this week's message in our series entitled Reformed. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching with Pastor John. How are you today, Hello, sir? Hello, everybody. It's cold outside. That's how I am. It is. It's, it's uh, freezing cold for us. Let me see what it says right now. It is uh, 54 degrees. Yeah, which is <laughs> hardly freezing by many t- by many people's standards. It, but it is very cold for, for those of us in the state of Florida. My, my daughter had to find, like, a, an actual jacket today as well. And they gave... So... So this is funny. Since you mentioned this, I, I think it is funny. So they, they sent out a notification yesterday to, to, to our elementary school. I don't know if all elementary schools did this, that it was a free sweats day today. Like a free what, sweats. A uniform free day, but they could wear sweats, which they're not typically allowed to wear sweatpants oh, okay. and all that. And and underneath it was like Florida's snow day, which is what it was called. <laughs> I thought that was the I notification. I thought, oh, that's about right. Yeah, Be it's, careful. It's, 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 it's the opposite of what we had in Scotland. They had a at a, a day where it's uh, it's going to get up to seventy two degrees, and we heard the announcer say it's going to be sure to put on plenty of sun cream. That's it's right. going to get up to a scorching seventy two degrees. 72. And Sue and I were looking at each other like, uh, we, I'm still in a sweater at seventy two right. degrees. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> well, and it's funny too because um, my wife has to travel to uh, Southern California quite a bit, and um, and when it rains in Southern California, like. It everything it's stops. An, everything yeah, stops. Odyssey. Everything yeah. stops. Like they, like literally, she said, like they, she was there. This was like a, a year or so ago, and it was like, in their words, torrential downpour. Right. So you know, we're used to like tropical. St- we, we're, we're used day, to going to four, work four o'clock to six o'clock every <laughs> afternoon yeah. in summer. Yeah. And we're used to going to work in tropical depressions. Yeah. And, <laughs> in tropical storms, and like like people are like, oh no no, we don't drive. We do not drive in the rain. And like we don't like the, some schools are canceled. I'm like, oh my god. So everyone's got their thing, right? Yeah, I think everybody's yeah. got their thing. Where, like you know, you and I work with somebody who was from Wisconsin, and you know, it's still summertime weather for her. You know, oh, like, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, not for me. Good good. good. Good on them. Yeah, they, they, those, I see those. I see those guys in the football you know, stadiums as well, with no shirts on and but, uh, and, exactly. and snow on the ground. Well, in this past weekend, it was big rivalry weekend, and yeah. you see this with people in these, and they're like no shirts. I'm like, it's got to be 15 degrees where they're at <laughs> when they're playing, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And and then you have the Florida kids who will, no matter what the temperature is, will only wear shorts. Yeah, and like flip flops. Yeah. Like my son today, uh, we're coming out. And I'm like, Caleb, you need to put on long sleeve shirt and, you know, jeans. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, and so he's, and I just didn't fight the battle. I was like, no, you, you can't. He, he, he did put a hoodie on. Like, he did put like a hoodie one, on. One but, time of being cold, they, that, you know, that usually does it. Yeah. But he he ran this morning in his normal shorts, shorts and, and t-shirt. Well, like, I, that yeah. I can see. Yeah. Because you, you, yeah. after it's it's hard on you when you first get out. Yeah. But well, after the first quarter mile, you're 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 cooking at that point. Oh, I would still be wearing a long sleeve shirt when I'm running today with this weather. If tomorrow I get to run, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it is a different time of year. It was a it was Thanksgiving Sunday, yeah, but also week, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. yeah, the Sunday before Advent, which in the liturgical calendar is called Christ the King Sunday. Yeah. So I want to talk just a little bit about 
uh, the liturgical calendar. Mm-hmm. And for people that aren't familiar with that, you know, mm-hmm. if they came in a tradition, we're in a in, in a right. community where it's it's you know a lot of Pentecostal churches, a lot of charismatic churches that don't. They, they they shoe all the liturgical calendar. I don't yeah. say all of it because they, they, I they think still have inter- Christmas. They still have yeah. Easter, and yeah. I think it's interesting too. Have you noticed over the last I don't know probably five years some of the non denominational churches and some of the more charismatic Pentecostal yeah, churches starting to use the language, starting to use that language, and even things like which uh, not to but like even things like Advent wreaths in the service, yeah. like they're utilizing they're they're engrafting some of those things, which I think is yeah. great. But for those that have never been in that tradition before. Explain to folks what a liturgical, what the liturgical calendar is all about, why it exists. Yeah, and, it's and... it's a way of marking time throughout the year that recognizes the the different um, uh, events in the life of Christ and the life of of of, uh, of, of faith. And uh, so it 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 begins with. At uh, the beginning of the year, it's, it's acknowledging that there is this thing called the Incarnation, and that yeah. there's a period of time that was waiting for the coming of, of the Incarnation, there, there's anticipation of the Incarnation. So we start there, which is what we start with this Sunday, and we end with what we ended with this past Sunday, which was we recognize that in the end of all, after after the resurrection, at the, at, at, you know, at, that Christ uh, has been sovereign, the creation is made for him, through him, by him, but he, is, he has been uh, King of Kings, he is the King of Kings, he will always be the King. King of Kings, so it's really the supremacy of Christ, and then in the middle of all that is the movement from um, from from the incarnation through the life of Christ, where he up to and including the journey to towards his crucifixion, mm-hmm. and then the post crucifixion. So it's it's, it's post crucifixion is the Pentecost mm-hmm. is a big moment in the life of the church is when the coming of the Holy Spirit comes. That's also marked in this, and so it's, it's this calendar throughout the year that marks these different moments that we we see in the life of Christ, and it just brings us back to those moments year after year after year. Um, uh, and you're right, I think that the non-liturgical traditions have some of those elements in there because the the non-liturgical traditions actually broke away from the liturgical traditions yeah. where there was there were these these um these rhythms of the year um but i think they're seeing the value of having them back yeah um because and, and you know i i think about even in our own tradition there's some even in our own liturgical uh, tradition that that honors the liturgical year there's some sundays we don't do as big yeah, as yeah. other churches do like like pentecost sunday i just mentioned that mm-hmm. that's actually that's a big deal in the life of the church. That's yeah, when the, the church bir- became the, the church. It's the birth of the church, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but we don't do as much on that day, and maybe maybe that'll be a 2020. You and I were just talking mm-hmm. about doing some planning for 2024. Maybe that'll be a 2024 thing yeah. that we'll do something big on Pentecost. Yeah, I mean, and 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 there and there are some denominate. Well, I'll say some churches that that have a, a much more. So the like you said that the and it's typically mainline like mainline churches that have a liturgical calendar that follow the life and ministry of Christ and mm-hmm. then into the the church itself. But then there are some traditions like the ch- tradition you were raised in, the Catholic Church, the Episcopalian Church, the Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. Their liturgical calendar includes even even more movements, uh, observances of the saints, yeah. and, and things like that as well, too. And, uh, yeah, we as a congregation have not 
uh, we obviously we observe Advent pretty pretty significantly. Christ the King Sunday has always been a fairly highlighted Sunday. Yeah. But then there are Sundays Easter like Easter is big. Yeah, Easter uh, and uh, Lent, Mon- Monday, Lent, Thursday, yeah. Ash, we- Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. I don't know if we've always done an Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. here. If you, has it been since, since, we done? I, since I've been here, we have. But have. My yeah. my former church, we we never did Ash Wednesday services. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lent was was always a big deal. We actually will organize our sermon series even here. We typically organize them roughly in mm-hmm. a in a Lenten way. But there are, um, like you said, there are other parts of it that we don't like. You know the bapt you know the baptism of Christ or the presentation yeah. of Christ. I mean, the, yeah. and 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 there there are times where you know I've looked at that and go, oh, you know, if we if we really got that on the calendar and planned it, we we could. We could do that where it was a baptismal reaffirmation service in all of our services, and and for those that haven't been baptized, really, you know, build into that, you know, mm. those sorts of things. So, and 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 we've done some of those things, yeah. but uh, not, but not as much as like an Advent, yeah. a Lent, an Easter, Palm Sunday, Ash Wednesday. So, so like related that. to the liturgical calendar is the. Um, is the lectionary, mm-hmm. and that's another thing that uh, people. If you come out of another tradition, you wouldn't have known. You won't know about the lectionary. So well, we might as well cover that while we're at it. How would you explain the lectionary to someone who doesn't know what a lectionary is? It's funny because it, you know, even in even in our tradition, even in our church, where and you and I both know churches that even in the in the Presbyterian denomination, um, and, and all the Presbyterian denominations will follow the lectionary very staunchly, yeah. and that's the only thing that they observe, and then others that don't. So basically, the lectionary is a Bible reading plan. That's it. I, I mean, that's really it. And uh, if you look at the revised common lectionary, which is the most... I mean, there are a lot of different lectionaries. Most well-known and used. It's the most well-known and used, and the most probably well-known website that that houses the revised common lectionary, ironically, is from Vanderbilt School of Divinity. If you type in revised common lectionary, the number one hit <laughs> on Google is Vanderbilt's website on this. Um, and it's the reason I think it is is because they actually have a lot of resources that they build in art and prayer and mm. all these things. That, that's actually additional to, really, it's the Bible reading plan. And the idea behind the lectionary is to give a the reader... A, or the disciple, a um, kind of a broad overview of the entire story of the Bible. So you'll have at least four readings every single day of varying lengths, some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament, usually an epistle and a gospel every every mm-hmm. every week, every day even. And then, uh, and some churches really highlight the daily lectionary readings. This is morning morning uh, readings mm-hmm. evening readings mm-hmm. yeah yep. yeah and 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 but then even those that don't hit that but if they're lectionary churches they will preach from the lectionary yeah and uh there are liturgical resources built around the lectionary which vanderbilt's website actually has a pretty good uh a range of those liturgical elements common prayers and things like that as well too but um you know it's the lectionary is Interesting, because if if people go to read the and and it's a three year cycle, I should mention that A B and C A B and C, and we're about to start. We just finished A this past Sunday, and we're about to start Year B B, Year B. Um, If people go into that Bible reading plan expecting to read through the entire Bible in a year, they're going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, you're not even come close. Even Even three years, it's not it's not the entire Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't they don't hit the entire Bible. Um, So. You know, we're about to start a series uh, in Advent that is based on the lectionary, but even that is 
It's a modification. It's I mean, a modification. We, we, we use the lectionary texts, although with one wrinkle to it. Yeah. Uh, with one wrinkle to it, yeah. we can use the lectionary text um, uh, uh, f- of the day. Uh, but we also did what we do, which is that we, we, we've tied them together thematically to be multiple. So oftentimes the lectionary are it, it's pretty much 52 standalone messages. Yeah. And so you your message title, you know, is the is the title. So there's no sermon series in that necessarily, unless you can find a way for that to happen to happen, happen, to happen wiggle yeah. it in in. But it made sense for this one that yeah. you can you can do the lectionary uh, readings for the for, for Advent and yeah. Christmas and and see the larger theme in these in these texts, especially with the theme we're going for. What's been your experience with the lectionary? I mean, outside of what we're about to do with the Advent, have you used it on occasion for preaching or? Or, or has there been a time where you've been? It's been regular. And, no, no I've, yeah. I've never, I've never been a regular lectionary preacher. I've been, an, I've been like, like this. I've been an, an infrequent lectionary reader, and I, and I think it's mostly because it feels too constraining. Yeah. Um, that doesn't just because it's a lectionary reading for that day, and I know that that's paying attention to a three-year cycle for mm-hmm. for preaching, doesn't mean that that's what the congregation that I am serving Need, it yeah. needs to have at that moment. Yeah, because sometimes you need to have you need to go through a book of the Bible. Yeah, or sometimes you need to go through it through a theme. Yeah, and so and, it's and too I, too constraining. And I and I think too one of the things. Because we've mentioned this, just to your point, you know, preaching is not just public speaking, right? It's 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 contextual. So you have to think about your audience. I also find, and I, I I've known I've known pastors who are who are died diehard like lectionary preachers, who will even admit. It's like the connections are really sometimes hard to make between the, the passages <laughs> in of the that passages day. Than themselves. Yeah. I'm like, man, that doesn't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I we, guess... we work hard to put these put these passages together. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 each Sunday, the, yeah. the, we have an old past, testament passage. It fits the New Testament passage, vice yeah. versa. Well, and their argument is, well, it all fits because it's all the 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 the, the story. You ought of to be God. able to see the That's gospel right. in every every word of scripture. Very true, but. I, maybe I can see it myself and read it myself, and through an hour of study can get there. Like I see it, but you still got to communicate that yeah. in twenty five minutes or less. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and I think that's the challenging part. But we even here at FPC Lakeland, we one I can remember one other time where we did an Advent season where it was lectionary driven, like it was a, a lectionary series, and I'm not even sure that there was not even sure we really shot at a common theme so to speak but I, which i think is there are certain expectations when you go into advent you know people are really wanting you to hit the notes of christ's birth consistently um and and even if you're doing it in a foretelling sort of way or or whatever and and uh so yeah i think having an overall theme kind of bridging in and not using all the lectionary texts because there again there's at least like four, four. Yeah. at least sometimes there's as many as six uh but but uh that helps so we're just saying okay we're picking two of them we're gonna we can use the other ones and, and we can use other ones that aren't even attached you know to to the to the lectionary reading but i think that that help is helpful for people yeah. because we want them to come away with the story with the story yeah. and knowing how that story is going to make a difference when they wake up on monday morning i mean that's that's really that's really our goal every single week it's not just the Tick a box, you know, and I think I think that's that's an important part of, of what what we're doing. But I also think exposing people to the resources that have been yeah. available for the church to the church for generations is yeah. also yeah. Uh, because well, they, they, they are. I mean, to be fair, they they are they are they are helpful. They are th- well thought out. Yeah. Um, 
in spite of sometimes do you have to You're take like, a while, well, take a sure while what, to get there but, sure uh, what they were thinking about. <laughs> but they uh, they uh, they uh, but most of them are pretty pretty self-evident and so they're 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 well thought out it's just uh, like i said i find i find them too limiting and yeah. too too constricting for yeah. us yeah so we're going into a series called glory mm-hmm. um, not to give too much of it out away but we ended this series this week the the reform series also talking about Glory. Sorry, this is your this is your teaser. This, this is, is your teaser right. sermon this, this week, the, and and it, and it was a very good teaser sermon because it talked about the glory of God in a very high level, very high level. Yeah, and you and I took different takes. We we both yeah. hit the same passages. You you really hit a lot more passages than I, which I really appreciated. You know, the Ephesians and the First Timothy and various sections in Romans, as well. Um, but as you were really uh, honing in on mm-hmm. how you wanted to approach this final week in the series, which which yeah. which was interesting too, because we were switching places, yeah, because we preached four sermons in in a specific uh, you know service, and then we switched at the end. It was a weird thing. I will tell you that was a that was a not, it wasn't weird to be in in Vine. It was just weird to to have gone in one space for four weeks and then at the very end, which we both acknowledged, we both said it. In fact, yeah. that this was the high point. This this yeah. was the, the 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 climax of this whole series was this uh, this this message, and and to go into a different space, you know, with with that different message. I don't, did you feel that? I did, but you know, I it, when I uh, when I was prepping it though, I kind of I did appreciate the fact that. Because I think both of us really, because we both did say this, this idea that the everything leads to this point. There's a temptation. If you, I know that for me, if I if I'd been in Vine, there would have been a temptation to go and do a summary of everything that we've done. Yeah, I didn't feel that in classic because yeah. I to me it was like, well, that's what the point is. Is to highlight the, that the glory of God is the motivation and the and and the the pinnacle of all mm, of it, mm. and to go back. I mean, I, I obviously I we touched, did a little bit of it. Yeah, I, did, both, I did a little bit of it. We too, both so. touched on but it, but but we not didn't as much rehash as, it. No, nah, I did the same thing. I did. Yeah. I did not do as much as I would have. Did done you otherwise. feel like if you had been in classic, if you think if you had been in classic, because there were certain themes that certain um, so even phraseology that you had used throughout the series that you would have felt that 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 sense of you kind of need to go back and hit the four just a little harder. Would you have felt that? I, not, not. I would not have felt it because I because I was in classic. I would have felt it because of, of an awareness of those who missed, yeah, the past four weeks or one or some of the past past four weeks. So, which I think is why both of us did at least touch on it yeah. in our messages, saying this, you know, these things were here, but we're now we're landing, you know, this we're landing on this one because this is the, the this is the one that ties it all together. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, not not as much for that. I yeah. didn't feel the need to do that. So when you're looking at this topic of glory, which just before we hit record, we, we talked about how big this topic is, right? Yeah. And and esoteric in so many ways. Yeah. What was your thought of, when you're opening the Bible, you know, last week to 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 start? Yeah. hitting this hitting this particular message what were you what what was your mind attuned to well i i i find i frankly i found this to be a, a challenge a great yeah. challenge to to communicate because i this this because it is so um epic yeah. in scope and it and it is the the culmination of of towards which everything points i mean you didn't you didn't do say the words westminster shorter catechism one i did not and or neither did i for that matter but i did i did you did that's what i was saying uh but but uh 
But that, when we know that that's true, that that is the ultimate end-all, be-all for, for existence itself, it, I, 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 found, I felt the challenge of that. I, and, and the part of the challenge was, to, and I've said it in several times in this series, is that, is that am I going to be able to make this something useful for the, for the young parent? Yeah. Am I going to make this something useful for the student? Am I going to make this, is this going to be something useful for people to go out, as you said a moment ago, on Monday morning, is it going to be something we can, we can dwell on? And, and that was, to me, that was the greatest challenge of this series. And I, I, you know, frankly, I'm not sure that I succeeded at it, but I, I, I felt like I, that, that there was a, uh, it was, it was, it was okay for me if I didn't succeed at it. It was okay for me in service of if I can just get the, if I can get us to think this way, yeah. think about the, the magnitude of the ultimate end thing, end of all things, then I, that, that you can get by with that once. Yeah. You know, well, and I think though, but I, I, I felt this way through the series. Um, and I think I've shared this, that there have been, that the, the series overall from my, from my seat has felt challenging to prepare. I think the first two weeks, I especially felt that way. I think after the week, second week, the third week, I kind of just leaned into the fact that, no, 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 you, you, it's okay. The bottom yeah. line is you're looking. For, so there's, I, I, it was funny because I, you know, I've been preaching a long time, and you still learn things about preaching, and you start, you learn how to categorize things in your mind where you start to feel more confident in these things. So as, as I was looking through, like thinking through the application types right that you have right so there are these sermons where you end a sermon and it's like go and do right yeah. or don't do right it, it it's very volitional right right and then there are some that the application point is more intellectual and and some people will um criticize those application points as though knowing something is not enough and and it's not yeah. but the volitional without the knowledge is 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 becomes more like a it becomes yeah. more um it becomes more parroting, right? It's like it's like when you go to a class. Yeah, yeah, when you yeah. go to a class and you just tell the teacher what they want to hear, whether you believe it or yeah. not. You know the right answer, so you parrot it back. But if you're if you don't really know it yourself for yourself, then what you are doing doesn't matter as much. Like, and I feel like this series has been that. It, it has been about um, wiring or rewiring yeah. the, the in, our insides. Yeah. In order to so our hearts, our minds, making sure that 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 that, that wiring is solidly gospel centered, mm-hmm. so that no matter what we do, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're, we'll be able to apply this just by having our our, our thinking right about yeah. this. Which, and, and I which think is, it, which was how I where I landed with on, exactly. On Sunday. I feel like this 100%. get the, get our thinking right. It'll it'll you know just 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 the thought that I would try to Tim Tebow my life, <clears throat> you know I said that thing about uh, yeah the football becomes a platform. Yeah. Now, what I am doing if I'm you those of you listening right now you're working in a job you're retired you're volunteer in an organization that's your platform that is a platform yeah. from which you get to glorify yeah, right. Christ. That and that's what I heard. I mean that's to me I, I, I if I was sitting and I I was watching it online but I'm if I'm sitting in my living room and I'm I'm, I'm a lay person or if I'm sitting in in Loudon Hall, I heard the question be asked, what's your platform to glorify Christ? I mean, that's that's the pl- that's really analyze who you are, what you do, and say what and that's kind of like 
I, I, I use the term the grid, you know, like the grid, mm. the question grid. What, what, what am I doing? Is this business deal? Is this relationship? Is it's what is the platform that I, that I've been given? Whatever platform I've been given, God has given me for one purpose, and that's to glorify Him. Mm. And I, I, I think that's, I look at that as a very dis, a dispositional change in, in right. mindset. Yeah. No, you're right. That's that's exactly that. That it is about the disposition of the the heart, asking us to look at it, asking us to examine that disposition of heart and make corrections where we need to make corrections, or just mm-hmm. bring to the front what needs to be brought to the front. Because yeah. it's very easy to be distracted in life and and to lose sight of what is truly priority. Yeah. So I'll ask you based on that kind of a question that I don't. I don't have as much experiential answer to because my entire adult life has been lived in the church. So if I tell people, whatever your platform is, you can use that platform to glorify God or whatever, people will look at me and say, that's easy for you to say. You've got the easiest job in terms of <laughs> making you that. You do it all day long. It's, right. sp- it's, it's, it's on your sleeve. It's on yeah. your business card. It's right. Exactly. <clears throat> it's, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job. Whereas <laughs> other people can do their jobs perfectly well. And not glorify God, right? Yeah. I mean, so you've been in corporate right. world. My wife is in corporate world. I talk to her about this all the time because um, I always need that reality check when I'm going in to preach because I need to think about the person who has to, you know, log into, you know, fill in the blank company and get on an airplane to go business trip, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're thinking they're wasting their time, they're wasting their life. So what do you tell people when they're like, pastor, that's great for you to say this, but you're a pastor. You have the right. response, well, I worked at AT&T for yeah. this many years. Yeah. And I, I, you know, so how do you respond to say, well, my platform in that case could be, could look yeah. like this. But I, I, I think most people who are in those situations will already know. They already know the answer. They just need to be, just need to be reminded of it. And that is yeah. that, you know, when you are, you are uh, honoring Christ in your, in your business dealings, mm-hmm. you know, by how you interact with the, your, your colleagues, you know, how, by how you handle yourself on, if it's a project that you're working on, if it's a deal that you're working on, you know, whether you're being honorable, and it's, it's not saying don't don't make profits. This, yeah. this isn't about you know, challenging your desire to succeed. It's just saying how you go about that. You know? And so I guess that's an ethical. So it, it's the gospel and the awareness of the glory of God that makes its way out into your lived experience of your workplace. Yeah. And so, so it does have ethical dimensions to it, but it's but it's fueled by. Um, um, identity yeah. you know gospel identity mm-hmm. and so then when we had that gospel identity it's it's this is I want to think one of the greatest examples is my buddy who was who had had a conversion experience he sold 18 wheel rigs before I've talked to you about him before and uh, and there was an expectation when you're spending a hundred thousand plus on a on a on a truck that you're going to be wined and dined yeah. in order to do that. So what you would do, he'd take him out to dinner, he'd do mm-hmm. the wining and dining, but then they wanted to go to the girly bars yeah. afterwards. And that was that was the and he and he and he drove them. Yeah. He, he, and he said okay, he drove them, and then and then they all got out of the car, and he just leaned his seat back in the driver's seat, and and they they stopped and said, "Aren't you coming?" He goes, "No, I can't do that. That's I, I draw the line here. This is yeah. not this is not me. That's a small example yeah. of I'm drawing a line here. I'm not judging you. Yeah." 
Of course, they all felt very judged and they were mad at him. But they, uh, but you know, but you, see you that all, that automatically tells you they know they know they, they know right. in their hearts what they, <laughs> they should and be should do that. Yeah, God is already convicting them whether they know God or yeah, not. Right? And they felt like that Mike was just like this big "I judge you" type thing. And yeah. he said, "I'm just I'm living my life as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ." He yeah. said, "I'm not. I, this is not my. That's not my place. Yeah, I, I have no business in there." Yeah, and I, you said something just a second though. I, I think people will. I want, I want to make sure that people who have like a, a, a nine to five non non vocational ministry mm. position they need to hear. I think sometimes is that what you do in your work does matter to the glory of God, right? It can, and that doesn't mean you just get to slack off at your job. You, you, like you should you should be a demonstration of excellence for Christ. Yeah, where where you where you are so. The like, it's not to say don't don't try to be successful, don't try to make the sales, don't don't try to do everything you can to, you know, because as Paul says in in Colossians, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all to the glory, to of, the God. glory of God. And if you're putting out excellence for Christ, that t- I mean, you look at the examples over and over and over again in the Bible where. Uh, God calls people who have very little uh, expertise or or very little in the way of of you know whatever and and they do things to the glory of God and they're successful you know and that's not to say that always happens one to one but no, it's but, also but, not but good. it's possible to happen I think Absolutely. that's what, that's what most people lose sight of is that it's, that it's possible even. Uh, this is um, Jim Collins in his book Good to Great, yeah. and he writes about the level five leader, and and he said the level four leaders are the ones that you see that they're the flashy ones, the big big expensive vacation, yeah. driving cars, rings, suits, the whole thing. He said, but above them, the ones that truly do lead these breakout companies are the level five leaders, and they have two qualities about them. And I, to me, it feels like I wonder if it, I wonder if these guys that he were, they were using to, in the study were all Christians because yeah. the qualities are number one they're driven I mean just really compelled by the mission of the organization, but number two they're personally humble. Yeah, they know the names of the maintenance maintenance staff. Yeah. They get out. I love the guy from Kimberly Clark who would go out. He'd, he'd, he'd lead this massive corporation during the week, and on the weekends he'd go get on a backhoe in his property out in in Missouri mm-hmm. or wherever he lived, and he'd work on work in the woods. Yeah. And so and then and so he just he's very relational, mm-hmm. very very people are engaging with people, but he was quite driven. So yeah. to me that feels like a the, exactly the kind of thing we're talking about is that you hit if he was a Christian, and I don't know anything about him, so maybe he's not. But if he was a Christian, it would be easy. For him to say that that being the 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 CEO of the of this company is a platform for me, yeah, it's like it was for Bill Mutz, like it is for Bill Mutz, like it is for Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a platform for me to to bring glory to Christ. How do I do that? I work hard. Yeah, I do I try to strive for excellence, but I do this with as a human being, as a one who yields before the greatest one, yeah, who is the is, is Lord God. So well, that, I, it's, it's and very that, instructive, and that's and that's what I think. I, I think is great. I mean. Um, when when you have this drive but humility at the same time because the drive when the drive is married to egoism or to narcissism it leads to you know the, these bullying techniques and 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 yeah. and, and all sorts and it of actually things. creates a, a glass ceiling around you because you're you're never going to be able to rise above that in any kind of breakout way yeah. when you have that when when it's all when it, when it's, and that, by the way we see this in the in the church as well oh, absolutely when the when the church is built around a personality it's a fa- it may be a fantastic personality but you know 
they're they are they are sinners. Yeah. And uh, and eventually, somewhere along the way, that sin that sin is going to pop itself, rear its ugly head, and it's going to be some. You know, and, and to be fair, not everybody has a moral failure. Yeah. Not everybody has a power power struggle or is, issues with, with with issues as as, a, as strong pastors, but many do. Yeah. And so it's, so it just, it just creates limitations. That the the, the as as an alternative is the person of faith is, I am I know I'm a sinner. I know that I have a propensity towards sin. I do everything I can to not do that, but I'm also committed to the organization. I'm committed to to really do great things. Yeah. And, and and when you put that in kind of relationship with living to the glory of God and, and yeah. not to the glory of anything else, that that's where for for the, the truly devoted disciple of Christ that does not really that doesn't that doesn't hit them wrong, you know, to say, Well, I'm living to the glory of God. I'm not living to the glory of myself. But there are others where that statement that we live, we exist, we do everything we do to the glory of God, because that's what God does. I mean, God exists and for His own. Yeah, I like how glory. you hit that. By the way, that that was a good that was a good way you were talking about that 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 God lives that way, that His glory might be might be uh, seen by by everywhere the world. Uh, that the world itself beams with brims with praise. You were, yes. you were talking about that. Well, uh, and, and and this is the part. So we both quoted Piper. We both quoted John Piper in different places in different ways. But uh, or we referenced John Piper in different ways. But John Piper, the Reformed Baptist preacher and theologian, uh, was was fam- is is famous for adopting this uh, this idea of like a, and it's gotten distorted and it's gotten kind of like morphed. But this idea of uh, like Christian hedonism, right? This idea of our greatest enjoyment is when we glorify God. So it goes yeah. back to the Westminster Shorter Catechism question one. You know, what's man's chief end to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? And he would say, well, man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Yeah. I mean, he, he nuances it they're a little one, bit. They're, 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 they're one and the same. They're one and the same. They're yeah, one they go together. The same thing. But you have to start with this idea that that's what God is, because if you start, in my head, if you start with this idea that God does everything he does for my sake, like, then you put me on the throne of God's sure. life. That's a problem. And so many, this is one of the things that I think from a reform standpoint, we just thinking the same thing. John Calvin, especially, we offer the larger church that I think a lot of other churches denominations don't. Even if they have this element in their theology, they don't hit it very hard. I mean, we hit it at least in our. We don't hit it as hard now because it's harder to sell to people. But but in our theological foundation, it is this idea that God does everything he does for his own glory. Not because yeah. we invented that, but because God actually says it. Isaiah 48, 11 is a prime example. I don't share my glory, I don't share it with another. We're benefactors of that. We're the, abs- we, we, we yeah. get all kinds of, if you're looking for goods, we get all kinds of goods for them. But, but you know, I, I, I always think about the, the, it's the difference between Lutheranism and, and, and Calvinism. Mm-hmm. You know, when Luther began at the Protestant Reformation, if you think about how that began versus how Calvinism began, how John Calvin began, mm-hmm. is that in Lutheranism, the, the question for Luther, Luther, the driving question was, where can I find a God who will give me relief yeah. from the, my sense of my con- incredible sense of guilt for, for sins? So it was very Luther centered, it's very, you know, human centered. It was yeah. anthropocentric. Because it, it was, and versus Calvin didn't have to 
Calvin sort of bought into what Luther was saying, but he had he had twenty years later he's able to just write. So okay, now what's the right starting point for thinking yeah. about this this faith of ours? And the right starting point is to think about God. Mm-hmm. Who is this God? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let's dwell on this God now. Let's work out the implications of what our faith is all yeah, about. Start starting in a different. It's a it's a it's a theocentric versus an anthropocentric starting huge point. huge starting point. Yeah. And and I think you you said it a moment ago. I think that many people are looking. And this, this is a this is a, I guess a criticism of even individuals coming into the church. They're looking for what Luther was looking for. Mm-hmm. It's a criticism in this in this sense that is that they're uh, they're they're looking for something to satisfy their own sense of need or their own you know, felt felt needs. When if when everything we talked about on Sunday was about when really if they would that they could they could accomplish the same thing if their eyes would go to God first. Mm-hmm. If they could go to God and really drink in and take in the magnitude of who this great God God is. And then look down at the problems that they care, that they're looking for solutions for. I think it, it, it'd be a game changer. It would be because the solution would be a lot more stable. <laughs> and yes, lot, and, good I point. mean, it's foundationally stable when you start with God, not start with the self. And and I think this is what you know when you get, yeah, there's a relativity because you, if you start with yourself, you're gonna you're gonna have to do it in relationship to other people and or, or even world, my own yeah or, even my own and that's a that relatively relativity is not stable no absolutely not and that's where the that's where the whole the nuance the 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 nuance of sola fide you know faith alone sola gratia grace alone becomes so important for us to say both faith faith and salvation are a gift of god Be, and it has to be that way because it's for God's glory. If I have any part in my own salvation, this goes back to like kind of the Wesleyan Arminian kind of you know uh, argument against Wesleyan Arminians. If I have any part in that, then I share. I get. I get some uh, glory for myself beyond the the reflected glory. We 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 gain glory only as it's reflected glory yeah, from yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. But if I have any part in my salvation, then I've emanated my own glory. Yeah, it's my own. It's, I had God, it's, it's independent of God. Exactly. And 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 it's useless at that point. And that's why the whole doctrine of total depravity is so important and, yeah. and all these things too because we say no no no. I have no self-contained glory. Yeah. Any glory I have and this goes back to the platform, you know, full circle. Any glory I have is a reflected glory from the God who loves me and, yeah. and the and the and the Son who saves me. That's, who, who wants to give us that glory? Who wants to reflect that glory? Yeah, they, he want, I mean, we should be glowing. Yes, we should be like radioactive. We should, we that, should be glowing. Yeah. It's the Moses coming down off the mountain, yeah. you know, in, the, in this totally transfigured state. But it's hey, speaking of that cutting room floor things. Yeah, uh, one of the things, one of the cutting room floor things for me was actually came in the form of a question after the sermon from someone asked me the question. Said, you know, you, the contrast between um, the seraphim who were covering their eyes versus if it cut for the glory of God versus the Second Corinthians three mm, passage where with unveiled, unveiled with unveiled faces. That, and I said, what what the, the, you know, the cutting room floor is that. That really could have and should have been unpacked. Um, what could be know, a whole sermon right there? Yeah. Right? What? How? How is it that we can go before with unveiled eyes? Now we can go before God with unveiled eyes. Oh, that's a great question. And 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 the answer is that only as the answer always is, is only through Christ. Yeah. 
which is the, the the veil torn. It's the it's the. I mean, you're talking about the unpacking of of the veil. I mean, you could look at that idea of the the veiled uh, holy of holies that that now yeah. there's full access to it. You know, I, was, I started thinking when you now pre- we see through a mirror. Now we see in a mirror dimly. Yeah. Then we see face to face. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I was thinking about this when you were talking about the Isaiah six because we actually use that Isaiah six passage um, as the setup to uh, confession in. In the sermon, or oh. in the in the classic service, we use the Isaiah six passage. You know, thinking about Isaiah in the temple, which is a representation of the throne. I mean, this is talking about cutting room floor. This thro- this this throne room of God is here on earth. This this might come up in the series to come, right? Because yeah. we're talking about glory. But you know, Isaiah's posture is so different than how we tend to think of our posture before God. Yeah. yeah again, cutting room floor. Yeah. The very next verse is Isaiah's response. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, is, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I'm, whoa, I mean, he uses that term, woe is me, which is, we think of that as very kind of, you know. Meek, weak, meek, weak but, response. But really, it's a, it's a, it's as strong a declaration yeah. of shock it's great angst and awe yeah. great angst like i should not be here and it reminds me so much of of the, the pendulum swing from the reverence that we had that that the that the Bible calls us to have for God because of His glory, because of I talked about the the Hebrew word kabod, because yeah, of the weightiness and the importance of it. And, Shifting it to now, we there's almost a taking for granted. This is why I think this series can be really important for people because there's there's a taking for granted um, amongst I think modern Christians um, to the reverence that is owed God and our lack of of worthiness to be in the presence of God. Mm. You know, it's like people that you say are you saying that they that people take for granted that that's a reality so they don't pay much attention to it? Is yeah, that... and they almost they almost like run for, so you know, easy examples. I and I think I've told this story before. You know, I I met a, my very first week here on the job 10 years ago, very first funeral was for someone uh, not not it was someone who was not a member of this church, but counted themselves as a Presbyterian. Um, they were having a uh, uh, their husband buried, at, you know, doing the funeral service at a funeral home. So they called the Presbyterian Church. You, you've mm-hmm. been you've been there mm-hmm. before that's happened. It's my very first funeral here, and I've done many many funerals before I came here, um, scores and scores of funerals. But uh, so we're looking through the Psalms for appropriate scriptures and whatnot. And uh, we came across, I can't remember what the Psalm was, but one of the, it talks about the fear of the Lord, right? She wanted that struck. She did not want any reference to fearing God. And the idea of, there are hymns where the hymn writers, modern hymn, you know, they put them in hymn books, but they strike the word wrath of God right out of it. Yeah, right, right. Because there's this dis-ease with, a God that deserves to be worshipped being so holy and so full of glory that we don't deserve to stand in front of him. And and, and that God would, would, would in and of himself, react viscerally and strongly to any any affront to his purity and holiness. And that, would, that, that comes in the form of anger, the anger of God and the wrath of God. Yeah, and I think that's, that's part of this, 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 this idea of living to the glory of God piece is that for our motivation to be truly, I mean, I think really 
truly to the glory of God, we ha- have to be in a in a fairly consistent state of humility. You just talked about it. You know, the the, the leaders that have this humility just baked into their DNA realize yeah. how I think a lot of times how temporal the the success that they have is, and so they treat it with 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 a great deal of care yeah. and treating our relationship with with God with a great deal of care calls us to a reminder consistently that we are like Isaiah do not deserve to be in his presence yeah. and that only we don't need the seraphim to come and touch our lips with hot burning coals because we have Jesus Christ which is an even greater sacrifice as I mean, yeah. this we constant cycles so again yeah. no, I, I think we we have to I, I think we it's look it's easy to lose sight of that Again, we're living our lives. It's, and you, you mentioned the, the quote at the end by your professor who talked about the, the busyness of life and mm-hmm. the shame of life and just all the issues of, of life that, that keep us um, from, uh, from, from being grounded, you know, that, that it's easy to lose sight of that. But that's, that's, I, we, have to, we have to keep hitting this. Is mm-hmm. that, and I, I, again, I, this where I, I, I think our tradition is a very strong tradition this way. I think it's very helpful this way, and that is that it really does – it is to use the phrase again. It's a game changer for us to 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 to, to think about the greatness of who our God is. Mm-hmm. Because if we can get that in our heads, we can come back to that frequently. If we can come back to that daily, we can come back to that sometimes hourly, mm-hmm. and say, "You, you alone are the great God." In fact, I, I used to do this prayer, um, and it's a breath prayer, and it would be like, uh, "Lord Jesus, remind me of your presence." That was one of I prayed that for years, mm-hmm. and and it was for the same reasons that I knew that if I could remind if I could be reminded who Jesus is, I had sovereign of the universe, creator, you know, all all was created for Him, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Mighty Counselor, wonderful, wonderful God. If I could get that and say, now He is present with me, that God is present with me, it it it, it and it really is about shifting your perspective. On the on the things that you're working on, yeah. it, it'll it shifted your pers- it'll it'll shift anybody's perspective of anything. If you're a parent at home listening mm-hmm. to this right now, it'll shift shift your perspective on parenting. Yeah. If you're if you're retired listening to this, it'll shift your 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 perspective on how you do the things that you do in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, if you're in the workplace, like we talked about, it'll shift that as well. Yeah. But we have to come back to it again. Is that the glory. This is about the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. It's because of the glory of God. We are reflect to reflect the glory of God, and uh, to, as we're doing that, just be thrilled with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Grace, I'm going to be preaching the sermon right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to keep going with. I this know we theme. got four more four we weeks of four this Four weeks of glory. We're we're going to we look at it from different perspectives yeah. each week, um, and and always in relationship to the the inbreaking. Uh, of God on earth in Jesus Christ, yeah, which is greatest thing ever. Everything points us to that through the Christmas season, the Advent season, prepares us for that in breaking. And so that's what we'll be doing. But we'll talk about it from the standpoint of glory. By if the way, you, everybody, everybody, if you're listening as a member of the church, you should already have received a Christmas card from the church, which we and, did. And the theme graphic of the on the Christmas card is uh, the theme graphic of this series. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So something to radiate the get, get something that captures that magnitude. Yeah. So if you missed this past week's message in our series. 
series uh, Reformed or any of the messages in this Reformed series and invite you to fpclakeland.org to the worship page and the sermon archive tab to hear, uh, see, or hear full and complete services, both classic and our modern Vine worship service. And um, if you'd like to, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. When you hit subscribe, you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also have an option on those platforms to like us, give us a review, share it uh, with your friends. This week, we kick off the Glory series, uh, the Advent series in uh, in all of our services. Uh, John will be in class this week. I'll be back in Vine this week, uh, which was where we're going to be throughout the the yeah. Advent series. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a great what, time. Uh, Christmas morning will be the one exception. We'll be Christmas ever, Eve. Christmas Eve morning. Christmas Eve morning. Christmas, yeah, Eve, Christmas morning, Eve morning so. will be one service. Yeah, one service in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, a little mix of modern, but mostly classic. Mostly yeah. a classic style. But Jennifer Voigt will be part of the leading process there as well yeah. too. So that'll be great. Um, Pastor John, thank you once again for hanging out. Great uh, job on this deck. Thank you, thank you, and uh, we'll see everybody next time.